Well, thank you, Brad and Terry and music people and everyone making worship possible this morning. And welcome again. We continue our series, Fired Up, in the book of Acts. And this morning, we're looking at family council as uh, the early church experienced some conflict and resolution. We are in Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 21. Then certain individuals came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to discuss this question with the apostles and the elders. So they were sent on their way by the church, and as they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, they reported the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the believers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and said, It is necessary for them to be circumcised in order to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders met together to consider this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, My brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that I should be the one through whom the Gentiles would hear the message of the good news and become believers. And God, who knows the human heart, testifying to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And in cleansing their hearts by faith, has made no distinction between them and us. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing on the neck of the disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. The whole assembly kept silence and listened to Barnabas and Paul as they told of all the signs and wonders that God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, My brothers, listen to me. Simeon, Simon, has now related how God first took favorably on the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. This agrees with the words of the prophets as it is written, After this I will return and I will rebuild the dwelling of David, which has fallen from its ruins, and I will rebuild it, and I will set it up so that all other peoples may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles over whom my name has been called, Thus says the Lord, who has been making these things known from long ago. Therefore, I've reached the decision that we should not trouble the Gentiles who are turning to God, but we should write to them to abstain only from things polluted by idols and from fornication and from whatever has been strangled from blood. For in every city, generations past, Moses has had those who proclaimed him, for he has been read aloud every Sabbath in the synagogues. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, we're looking at Fired Up Family Council. I know, anyone go to the Purdue game this week? Yeah. Oh, or, or watch it on TV? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was a great game up until the end, right? But boy, what a great spirit. Of course, Thursday night game, it was a blackout, everyone was wearing black. And, uh, you know, I, I sat with strangers I didn't know. But we were talking, we were sharing, and we were arguing about those ref calls, <laughs> those few that seemed to make a big difference in high-fiving. And it was like we had known each other forever, and it was great. And I think that's the spirit. And, and I watched on TV, too, uh, some of the football games. Of course, I, I saw Ohio State, Notre Dame, oh, you know. And uh, I found myself in the uncomfortable position of rooting for Ohio State. But... <laughs> Because they're Big Ten and, you know, it's Notre Dame. So, and, and it was a great game. And, and I, got, I got to tell you, I know, IU won. I, I got that too. But it was good. It was good. They won narrowly instead of lost narrowly. 
that, you know. So, uh, and at the end, uh, of course, the young quarterback, I love it, T.J. Stroud from uh, Ohio State, young Christian man, great, great young man, great leader, and uh, spoke. But uh, they did a tradition that sometimes happens at Purdue, too, which is after the win. They all gathered on the field, and they kind of put their arms around each other and sang the alma mater. And it's just like, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's, uh, it's like a family circle, right? Uh, a family circle, which I, I love. And I don't know if you have your family circle experiences either growing up or, or now. Uh, for my family and I, it was kind of Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner and sometimes a July 4th homecoming. And uh, it, it, was, it had its moments. And, um, and, and I was thinking uh, this week, uh, we lost, I lost uh, my uncle. It was a very special uncle to me. But I was thinking of the moments of uh, Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner. And... Uh, and our family didn't agree about everything. In fact, we were about as diverse as it got, you know, from uh, pretty liberal to pretty conservative, politically, theologically, everything. And, uh, and we could really disagree on the table. And I don't uh, am I the only person whose family could argue about peace? <laughs> and they're going like, are we really arguing about peace? In fact, uh, my family kind of talks, some of them anyway, like me, which is if you tied my hands, I could not talk, right? So, so, and we found that whenever you're making a big point, don't have a spoonful of mashed potatoes in your hand. That can go really bad. You know, that can start a food fight at Thanksgiving, which in its own right can be kind of interesting, right? So, but we could agree on, I said this before, the Steelers. You know, if it got out of hand, we got, how about those Steelers? And we were back as, uh, as one, right? And I always love that if you're a Steelers fan, they sing, we are family, and it's sort of this... Um, beautiful moment of a family circle. But sometimes when things get out of hand, you don't have a family circle, you have a family council. You know what that is? There's a difference between a family circle, feel-good moment, and a family council when things have got out of hand in one way or another, and you got to say, let's talk about this. And so I want you to keep that in the back of your mind as we look at this scripture verse, this story this morning, that is really one of the important points in church history, though often, unless you're a theologian, pastor, professional kind of person, you don't really look at it. But I want us to look at it this morning. And uh, we have been going through this series in the book of Acts. I hope you've enjoyed it. Many people have said one of their favorite series, looking at the early church and the things that they faced and about opening our hearts and lives to the Holy Spirit, even as the early church did. And some of the problems, the obstacles, some of the stars and the big moments and some of the challenges that people faced. And I've asked you to think about three questions throughout this series. I will continue to, which is, what is your level of passion? How much passion do you have? And Acts is all about passion, the passion of the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. What are the gifts that you have to share? All of us have gifts, not the same gifts, okay? Uh, your job is not to envy somebody else's gifts, but to use your gift, you know? Stay in your lane and play the team like a football team, right? Everybody has their position, and when you play your position and you do it well, it comes together as a team, right? So what are your gifts? What do you have to share? What do you have to grow and to share? And then finally, what is your level of resilience? We all face challenges and obstacles, and what is your resilience? As you face challenges and obstacles, you have the resilience to bounce back, even to grow from whatever challenge and obstacle you faced. And so with that, we, we walk back into the story this morning, and Paul and Barnabas have been on the first missionary journey, right? Now, Peter earlier was called to preach to the Gentiles, Peter, one of the uh, great early leaders of the church, was moved by the Holy Spirit. And then Paul and Barnabas are sort of sectored out. That is going to be their, their uh, mission and ministry in life. And they set sail, go uh, through a number of cities, and they retrace that as they strengthen the faith that we looked at last week. And then 
there's some dissension about all the good stuff that's happening. <laughs> Can you believe that? In the church, good things are happening. There's some negative people, right? Uh, some whine, some mumbling and grumbling among the people, and uh, no doubt some jealousy too. And then they begin to say, well, these Gentile believers need to keep the law of Moses, right? The law of Moses. And for the law of Moses, for the old covenant, so the entrance to that for a family was uh, the right of circumcision. So that was an issue. And then there were dietary laws that people would bring up. You can read all about those in Leviticus. They're sort of endless. And they had a, a place uh, in the chapter of church history, but now there's a new chapter with the Holy Spirit and the day of Pentecost and the season of Pentecost beyond that. And so there's this debate. And I, I love this. I love this. Uh, Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them. Oh, what a polite way of saying. It's like uh, the polite contest. You know, they just argued about it and debated about it heatedly. But what do they do? And I think this is important. They go to Jerusalem, to the council, the first council of the church, the first council of the church that sets the pattern for decades and decades and centuries to come. And they have the apostles and the elders come together, and they begin to debate this, right? And in these powerful moments, I'm going to share, and then there's debate. You see, there's debate again, pretty heated debate, right? And then Paul and Barnabas speak about what God has shared to them. And then Peter speaks, and everybody listens to Peter. And, and Peter recaps that he has been called by God, spoken to, recalled by a vision and by the experience of the uh, upper room experience, the Holy Spirit descent to the Gentiles, very much like the descent of the Holy Spirit in the upper room. And Peter recounts that again and shares that moment and says, God is calling the Gentiles. And, and why do we want to put some yoke, some baggage, some luggage on them that we ourselves have trouble keeping, right? Do you ever see people that want to put some more baggage on your back, you know, they have stuff they struggle with, they're going to put it on your back, and sometimes generations do that too. And, and Peter says, no, that's not what grace is about. We're all saved by grace through faith because of what Jesus Christ has done. And then in that moment, James speaks, and James says, basically, I feel the Holy Spirit moving, and this is what I believe. They didn't take a vote, by the way, just, just so you know. <laughs> they did not vote, okay? Other councils have vote, you know, but these were apostles and elders. They were called people and uh, blessed people, but they didn't vote. They just felt the Holy Spirit in that moment. So there's time to vote, time not to vote, but um, in this moment, James speaks, and interestingly enough, it was James. So in that moment, the Holy Spirit met them, and James says, no. You know, what we need to do is we need to open our lives to the new chapter that God is doing, right? And I love that expression, uh, never put a period where God has put a comma. God is still doing new things in the church. You don't have it all. I don't have it all. Last generation doesn't have it all. This generation doesn't have it all. God is still opening new doors. God is still revealing himself. Now, the Ten Commandments are not going to change. I, I guarantee that, all right? But all so many of these other sort of rules and regulations and insights change as we go on because the Holy Spirit is still working in our lives. And it's not always easy to discern which is which. So that's why you have a church council, right? And so I think it's the same thing today, right? I mean, we love the family circle moments, but we as a church also need to have sometimes a family council. These issues come up, right? And it should just be the big things because 
the emphasis, the first thing, should always be that it's grace of Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ for all of us. Rich, poor, young, old, from every race, from every place around the world, God still continues to work. But I want you to notice some things about this in our own lives as we try to apply it to our lives and to our church family. And that is that there was a time for debate, heated debate, I would say, seems to be the indication. But then there was a time to listen, to listen respectfully. What did Paul and Barnabas have to share about their experience and the beauty of what God was doing? And then what did Peter have to say? And then James's word of wisdom in that moment as the Holy Spirit moved through all of that. And sometimes it's complex. Sometimes it's hard to read. And I know for a lot of people you will say, well, <laughs> where is the church council, right? You can say, is that the pope <laughs> and, you know, the bishops? Uh, is that each denomination's council as they sort of discern what God is, is doing? And is it at the local church? Probably all of those. <laughs> Just to keep it a little confusion, so I'm not going to make it so clear to you, but we are to discern what God is doing through the Holy Spirit. Now, one of the great masters of basically common sense, John Wesley, uh, said he had kind of a Wesley quadrangle. He said you kind of look for Scripture and tradition and reason and, you know, the body of believers and, you know, the Holy Spirit's working through all of that. And some people say, well, it's not a quadrangle, it's a, rec you know, whatever it is, you know, rectangle. Uh, but he said all those elements, and I think that's, that's true. There's some things to be said for that. And this set the pattern for, not Wesley, but this Jerusalem council, set the big councils of the church, the, church of the, the uh, Council of Constantinople and the Council of Trent, and on down through the road. Uh, there's been times where it didn't work out, the Reformation being the prime example, but, you know, God seemed to work to that. I would still say we'd be better together than separate, and maybe we're headed in that direction. But today, God never called you to believe like the people next to you. God didn't call you to believe the same as your family at home. So God didn't call you to believe exactly the same as your family at church, okay? It's just that simple. So you don't have a direct line to God Almighty, I, I promise you. But God's Word continues to be true. It does take study. It does take discernment because, you know, what happened back in Leviticus isn't necessarily the picture today. Obviously, from Jerusalem Council, that's the thing that we learned. And this debate continued. We don't have time to go through all that. You can see the letters of Paul doing that. So um, for all of us, how are we doing as we go through some disagreements in life, in the church, in our own family too, of course? We love the family circle moments, but sometimes when there's conflict, we have to have a family council, but we need to have maybe a spirited debate. We can disagree with each other, but we need to listen respectfully. We need to listen for a word of wisdom, and we need to ask the Holy Spirit to, to move through us, through us and with us as we discern the next chapter, the next step in our own lives as well as the, the family of faith. And I want to read again to you this great passage in Ephesians that Brad read earlier, which is this, Paul writing again, this was Paul, I therefore, the prison in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in all. Friends, everybody doesn't have to see things the way you do as a believer. But what we do have to do is put Christ first and honor that relationship. And I like that one of the three points of our church sort of values or statement is uniting in Christ and then listening to God's Word and then serving His world. And if you notice the bulletin, that's the way the service is broken up into. That's the way I did it intentionally. We come together uniting in Christ, and then we listen to God's Word, and we hopefully go out and serve His world. And if you're not doing all three of those things, then you're missing it, okay? If you think things end when you leave the doors of the church, you got it wrong. And not just from me, just look at Scripture. We're here to unite in Christ. We're here to listen to God's Word, and then we're here to serve God's world, to love and serve God's world, if you want to really boil it down. So how are we doing with that today? I mean, if you come to church and it's just about what you want, we all have our wants and desires and likes and everything else, then maybe you're missing it. Maybe you ought to be just listening to God's Word and letting the Holy Spirit move you, because you will find that those people next to you have some insights that are valuable to you. And if you disagree about some little thing, well, that's okay. I mean, my gosh, I, I don't know. I've never been to a family reunion where there wasn't a disagreement. I, that's just the way I grew up. But you know what? I do learn from people who differ from me. Am I the only one? And, and I may walk away and I say, I don't really agree with that, but I get better what they think and why they think that. I get the experience that they're, they're sharing, and my world is a little richer because I understand other people who kind of believe like that. But I also think it's important to put Christ first in our hearts and lives, and most of all, in our church. If we do that, if we do that, then the world opens in a different way, right? We have our relationship with God by faith, what Christ has done, the grace of Jesus Christ on the cross for us, doing amazing things and continues to do that. And shortly, we will gather around the Lord's table. And it isn't interesting that God picked the Lord's table as a place for us to gather. The table, like a family table, like a heavenly family table, where not everybody agrees on everything, by the way, but everybody likes turkey, I guess, so, <laughs> or turducken or whatever. You have some things you can agree on, and the biggest thing is your family. Your family. You're brought together in a special way, and we are family. You can go ahead and look around. I know that makes some of you uncomfortable. <laughs> Be uncomfortable, but get more comfortable with it because that's the richness of family. And I've learned to appreciate that about my own family. I mean, you know, sometimes I see a post on, post on Facebook and you're like, well, yeah, I expected that. <laughs> I don't care. They're my family. I support them. I love them, right? And I hope you do the same. And I hope you feel the same about the church family that we are part of, that Christ is the center of. I'm going to close with this thought, two thoughts, actually, which is there's a great mantra. In fact, it's such a great mantra that people argue over who said it first. So I'm not going to go through that debate but because uh, people keep repeating it. But in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, diversity, but in all things, charity. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, diversity. In all things, charity. Love.
That's what we're about. What's the essential? Faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done by the grace of Almighty God through the cross and through the resurrection. And the rest of it, you know, we're working out. We'll find out for sure in heaven. But as we gather around the table of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, which extends back to the exodus and the freedom there and links us with the Jewish people and links us forward uh, in new directions to the table that we will share in God's eternal kingdom. There's even disagreement about that, right? There are folks who say it is the actual body and blood of Christ that we celebrate. Our Catholic friends believe that. And uh, then there are folks, you know, more kind of in the Baptist end of things. It's just a symbol. You know, it's just a symbol. And, uh, and there's lots of folks in the middle. I would say it's a lot more than a symbol, as we can see from many places in Scripture. But, you know, here's what everybody does believe, all those people in between. That we are nourished spiritually around God's table. That we are strengthened spiritually as we experience God's grace in a new way. That we are united as family in a special way. So if you come this morning and you are feeling battered by the battles you face in the world and in your life, you're feeling weakened because you don't feel strong enough spiritually or personally or in all kinds of different ways, then come to God's table. Like that beautiful song, come to the table. Rich or poor, young or old, it doesn't matter. We're fed spiritually, and we are united as family. So I encourage you, I challenge you to open your hearts and lives to what God is doing as family. We're not here to agree with everyone on everything, but give other people a little grace to be different than you, okay? And for all of us, that we would reignite the passion in our hearts and lives as we come around God's table, that we would rediscover our gifts and cherish our gifts and appreciate the gifts of other people so we can work together as a team, like a football team that goes out and the offense knows what they're doing, the defense knows what they're doing, the quarterback's got his job, the fullback's got his job, all the line knows what they're doing. And when that happens, there's a beautiful thing that happens because lots of times it's not the most talented group of people that wins. It's the ones that play as a team, as a family. And when we do that, Occasionally, we're going to have a family council, but we're going to come back to a family circle, and that's what we're doing around the Lord's table today. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we think about this moment that was so pivotal in the life of the early church and the pattern that we see in that that influenced centuries of the church down through the ages. Lord, help us to take heart the fact that we do not all have to believe the same on all things, but we do come united in you as our Lord and Savior. Help us to remember that you are opening new doors. You are bringing new insights to the Holy Spirit, but you continue to empower us through the Holy Spirit, and we are empowered to love and serve you and love and serve neighbor. We pray this in Christ's name, and all God's people said, amen.